I like that. I could have listened to that a little while longer. That was good. I appreciate that. Open your Bibles again to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 9 is a text verse. Thank you, gentlemen, for spending the time to prepare and bless our hearts with that good song tonight. I'm glad it's settled at the cross. I'm glad opinion doesn't matter. What matters is Christ said it's finished, and I'm glad. And when the devil makes accusation, I'm thankful that my attorney, my lawyer, Jesus Christ, stands up on my behalf and says, been settled, settled, it's settled at the cross. Verse number 9, the Bible says God is faithful. That's good right there, isn't it? He is faithful. By whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm preaching tonight on this subject, fellowship with my Lord. Here's the purpose of the message. I want tonight, as a result of the preaching, for you to have a desire for us to make the decision that we'll spend more time in fellowship with the Lord this week. Maybe a little less time on a phone. Maybe a little less time in other things. More time in fellowship with the Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word. How I enjoy our fellowship. I've enjoyed spending time in prayer with you this week. I've enjoyed the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit and reading your word and you speaking to my heart. Lord, it never gets old you reminding us that you love us. It never gets old for us to be reminded that we're on the winning side. And Lord, perhaps the reason many feel a bit discouraged or down is because they're not spending enough time in fellowship with you. Bless the message tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All of us enjoy fellowship, and um, I enjoy fellowship. Fellowship is good for us. Uh, it's good for you to fellowship with like-minded Christians. It's good for us to be reminded we are not alone. We're not alone as Christians. We're not alone as parents. We're not alone as grandparents. We're not alone as soldiers of the cross. There are others fighting the same battles, facing the same temptations, going through the same valleys, and I'm thankful for the fellowship of God's people. I enjoy fellowship with all different groups of people. I sure enjoy the fellowship I have here at church. I love coming early. I was the first here this morning before 7. I was here this afternoon before Four o'clock. I enjoy coming early. I enjoy you being here. I enjoy fellowship with you. I um, I enjoy fellowship with the children. You ever take time to stop and talk to a child? Just 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 talk to them, fellowship with them. I, I like to ask children, little children, how old are you? Sometimes they'll say uh, three, or sometimes they'll say. Uh, Sarah, when you ask them how old, and sometimes you ask them what their name is, and they'll say three. I ask a, uh, I ask a little kid, uh, I was preaching in a church, and before the service started, I was shaking hands, and I said, I asked how old they were, and I think they said four, maybe five. I said, how old do you think I am? He looked at me, pondered a bit, and he said, 75. 
Uh, so let's me and you go out back behind the church here. And, uh, but, uh, <laughs> 75. I love to watch our children here. I love to fellowship with our children. I stopped a race out here tonight. Uh, children racing. The only thing worse than children running in church is not having any children to run in the church. And uh, I, I love our children. I enjoy watching them come and uh, put their offering in. And I enjoy watching the parents before they come up here. I see what you're doing. You're threatening them with their life saying, if you run, you're going to get in trouble after church. You understand me? No pushing. I see you. I, I see you. I've seen that look. My mama could give me that look in church, and, and I, I knew what that meant. I'll kill you when we get home. And uh, I watch these two little boys, Zachariah and Jeremiah, coming up here, and, and mom and dad, they threaten them. Don't, don't you fight. And if one touches the other, I have brothers. I know how it is. One just touches the other. The other one, boy, he's just ready to let him have it. Mom is back there praying, oh, Lord, please don't let them misbehave. I enjoy preaching in other churches, and oftentimes I preach in the same place every year. The National Sword of the Lord Conference is a week from tomorrow, starts a week from tomorrow evening. And there are folks I see just at the Sword of the Lord Conference. And if I meet someone and I see them again at the same place, I remember who they are. A lot of times I'll remember where they work. Now, if I see them in one place or I meet them in one place and I see them in another, I forget who they are. And I'll tell them, I can't remember what jail I was preaching in where I met you. And, uh, but, but I enjoy that. I enjoy preaching in the uh, National Revival Fires Conference in Bourbonnais. And I enjoy fellowship with the same people. It's almost like our, our fellowship is for a couple of days and then a year. And then fellowship a couple of days and then a year uh, goes by. And I, I, I enjoy fellowship. Last year was a difficult year. Uh, I miss the fellowship. I miss seeing you. I miss you being here. Um, I'm glad to see even more and more of our folks able to come to church. I, I, I got to the place I even miss seeing some of you sleep in church. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I'm just kidding about that. I don't want you to sleep in church, but I, I miss you being here. Um, it, it, it was a tough year, and I've really been excited, just, just almost overwhelmed at the fellowship. I enjoy it when the Sunday school class comes in and enjoy uh, that fellowship. Um, I enjoy fellowship with my family, and I have a special fellowship with family. I had lunch with my mom today, and it was good. It's always good. She's a good cook. I enjoy fellowship with my two brothers when we get to spend time together. Usually it's eating, and that's the Baptist definition of fellowship is two fellows eating together, and, uh, that, and, and I enjoy that. I enjoy time with our staff. I enjoy time uh, with our deacon board. I enjoy time with our uh, church staff, school staff, college staff. I enjoy that. I look forward to staff meetings on Thursday. I enjoy fellowship with my wife. Of course, my wife is my best friend. And uh, last year was a good year for us. I enjoyed being home. First time in 20-plus years I'd been home every day of the week. Uh, about the fourth week I was home. She was calling, seeing what churches were open, if somebody could have me come preach a <laughs> couple of days. And, uh, or she sent me outside to practice. And um, I'm just kidding. We enjoy it. We enjoy just driving to McDonald's and getting a, a lemonade and um, two apple pies. And uh, I, I enjoy morning coffee. I enjoy fellowship. 
The place I enjoy fellowship most, I enjoy fellowship with the Lord. I mean it with all my heart. I enjoy it. I enjoy hearing the Bible read. There's no book like this book. I listen to books on recording, and I enjoy that. I listen to a lot of books. I don't know how many books I've listened to or read, but there's no book. There's just no book like that book. Doesn't matter how many times I've read John 3.16 or heard it read, it's still special to read for God so loved the world. And then to imagine that he loved the world, but he also loved me. It's a wonderful God. I enjoy the time of prayer. Sometimes I spend time with God in prayer. You know what I really enjoy doing? I enjoy walking and telling God, I just came to fellowship with you. I don't have any requests. I don't have any prayers. I don't have any burdens that I'm bringing at this time. I just want to enjoy fellowship with you. I'd like, Holy Spirit, for you to speak to my heart. I'd like for you to show me anything in my life that doesn't please you. I want to be right with you. I love the Lord. God's people ought to love the Lord. Folks, we, 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 live in a, we live in a busy, busy world. One thing about last year, it helped slow us down a bit. If we're not careful, we get back to being so busy. We don't have, no, nothing bothers me in the world than to hear Christians say, yes, I'm a Christian, I just don't have time to go to church. That's not a good thing. We ought to desire to be in the fellowship of God's people in fellowship with the Lord. As I was studying recently, I found four places of fellowship with the Lord in the Bible I want to give to you tonight. First of all, there's the fellowship of salvation. What a joy it is to be a child of the king. I love that song. I love the song, I'm a child of the king. Once I was clothed in the rags of my sin, wretched and poor, lost and lonely within. But with wondrous compassion, the king of all kings in pity and love, he took me under his wings. And oh yes, oh yes, I'm a child of the king. His royal blood now flows in my veins. I'm glad tonight that I have the fellowship of being the son of God. As a son of God, I know that I'm loved by the father. Now the devil tells me what he tells you and everybody else. The devil tells me that God doesn't love me. The devil's a liar. He always has been. He's a father of lies. God does love me. He loved me so much that he sent his son to die on the cross and pay for my sin. I'm glad as a son, I know he loves me. I'm glad as a son of God, I'm glad I can pray to my heavenly father. I can tell him my feelings, my emotions, my hurts, my burdens, my needs, my wants. And I can tell him, Lord... You know better than I know. I sometimes may ask for something that would hurt me. And I don't want to hurt my Christian life and my fellowship with you. I want to yield my request to you. But I'm glad I can come boldly to the throne of grace and find grace to help in the time of need. As a son of God, I can enjoy the fellowship of claiming the promises of the Father. I said it this morning, I'll say it again tonight. If God didn't want you to have the promise, he wouldn't have put it in the Bible. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line, I enjoy the fellowship of my heavenly Father as a child of God. It's the fellowship of salvation. 
as a son of God, I have an eternal home in heaven. Jesus said to his disciples, his, his most loyal servants, he said, let not your hearts be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. There you, sh uh, uh, may, uh, there you shall be with me also. I'm glad that I have a home in heaven. You see, I'm a son of God. It's the fellowship of salvation. I find another place of fellowship. I find this in the scripture. The Bible talks about the fellowship of surrender to his will. I know that God has a will for my life. One of the most life-changing, one of the most transforming truths in all of the Bible is a little boy, or as a teenager, I should say, a young teenager in those Appalachian mountains living a simple life was to realize that God had a will for my life. God knew me. He knows who I am. He knew who I was, and God had a will. God had a plan for my life. I began to seek the will of God. I was overwhelmed by that. I, it, it, it didn't matter to me when I found out that God had a will for my life. It didn't matter to me any dream or will I would have for myself. I want to know the will of the Father, and I want to enjoy the fellowship of surrender. Notice, take your Bibles, if you will, and go to Romans chapter 12. It's a familiar chapter, but I want you to see this. Romans chapter 12, and notice in verse number 2, what he says here about the will of God and surrender. Let me ask you while you're looking for that, Romans 12, 2. Have you considered God's will? It doesn't matter what your age is. You ought to say, Lord, what is your will for my life? I'll tell you this, you won't find happiness anywhere outside the will of God like you will in the will of God. You won't find peace and joy and strength and comfort anywhere like you will surrendered to the will of God. The Bible says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Notice this that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, I've proven the will of God. It proves to be a wonderful place. Jesus said in John chapter 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. It abideth alone. When I read that verse, I think of those little brown sacks that my grandparents got their garden seed in each year. And it would have written on the outside what it was, whether it was corn or beans or what kind of beans it was, maybe a pole beans or white half runners or whatever the case may be, have it written on there. And you know, as long as that seed was in the bag, it just remained a seed. And I thought of that when I would read this verse, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. Many folks in the world are lonely because they've never died to self. But then the Bible says, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. 
I've seen it a hundred times over. I've seen that beautiful garden as a rose that were made straight and the beans and the corn and the cucumbers and all of it were, were planted and I have seen that seed come to life. It had to die first and when it died, it came to life and it multiplied one grain of corn, made a stalk of corn with three ears and an average of 700 grains or kernels of corn on that one grain brought forth 2100 and God is saying if you'll take your life and die uh, die to your will and give your life to me I'll multiply it I'll make it better I want to tell you there is a fellowship in surrender to the will of God Saul of Tarsus was saved on the Damascus road in the very time at the very time of his salvation he said Lord what will thou have me to do? You know what he was saying? He was saying, Lord, I want to know what your will is. Put your will aside. And let's, let's pursue the will of God for our lives. Teenager, pursue the will of God. Don't let money decide what uh, you're going to do in life. Uh, money won't make you happy. The will of God will make you happy. I understand money is important. It is. I'm, I'm not saying it's not important. I'm not saying being a bum and uh, be a bum and don't make money and take care of your family. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying we ought to pursue the will of God and yield to the will of God. There is a fellowship of surrender that you can't find anyplace else. A story I heard when I was a little boy. I thought it was a, I thought it was a good story. A uh, little boy was at the grocery store with his mother. And uh, on the way out, uh, the grocer, he held a glass jar of different kinds of candy. And he said to the boy, go ahead and get some. boy just stood there. And uh, he said, go ahead, get you some candy out of the jar. And his mama said uh, to her son, go ahead and get some. The boy just stood there. Eventually, the grocer put his hand down in there, and he got some candy, and he handed it to the boy. He said, thank you, and they went outside. His mama said, son, why didn't you get candy out of the jar when he told you to? And the little boy is smart. He said this. He said, because his hand's bigger than mine. He got more candy out than I would. Can I tell you something? God will give you more with his will than you'll do with your own. Give your life to the will of God. There is a fellowship. There is a fellowship that we have with surrender to the will of God. I love spending time with my dad. I love that fellowship. I enjoyed every activity. Dad was a good man. He was a good provider. I love to ride with him. Uh, one of the reasons I like to ride with my dad, uh, he liked to stop at those country stores. No, we didn't have Walmarts then. Uh, in those days, women were homeless. We just had... Um, you heard about the Walmart that burned in Arkansas? It left 200 women homeless. Anyway, I, let, let me go on with this term. If you're not going to laugh, I ain't going to tell anymore anyway. And my dad liked to stop at those country stores. And um, I love to get snacks. I still do. That's what trips are all about to me. Forget where we're going. Doesn't matter. Let's just go on a trip. I like stopping at the stores. Some fellas had just got their attention first time in 20 minutes. I just got their attention. I love to get that Pepsi Cola in a bottle. Drink about two ounces out of it. Take a pack of peanuts and put it in there. My dad and I riding down the road, 1967 Ford truck. 
Ford truck. I'm going to preach the truth whether you like it or not. Now, you just, you just have to take it. My dad window down, had his arm out the window like that, drinking a Pepsi-Cola. I rolled my window down, put my arm out like that, holding that Pepsi-Cola. Peanuts on the inside. Don't knock it till you've tried it. It's good. Or a moon pie in RC. Or pickled bologna and crackers. Huh? You remember when you go in and they would cut off a piece of pickled bologna and give it to you for a quarter? They wouldn't even let you smell in the jar for a quarter today. I love the fellowship with my dad. My fellowship was a whole lot better when I was an obedient boy. My fellowship with dad was a whole lot better, much more enjoyable when grades were right. Chores were done. I enjoyed that fellowship. And I enjoy that fellowship with my Heavenly Father. There is a fellowship of surrender. Paul said it like this in Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The fellowship of salvation. The fellowship of surrender. Let me give the third thing. The fellowship of separation from the world. Let me show you this. Go to Titus chapter 2. Too many Christians spend too much time being entertained by the things of the world. And, 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 and the world's entertainment uh, it doesn't give satisfaction uh, very long, just a while. And then there is a regret. There's never a regret, a regret in fellowship with God. Notice what the Bible says. I want us to look at the wording here. Titus chapter 2, verse number 11. This is the fellowship of separation. Separation from the world unto Christ. You see, the less time I spend in things of the world, the more times I spend in fellowship with God, the better my life is, the more enjoyable life is, the more peace, the more calm, the more time <clears throat> I spend in the world, the more worried I get about the world's condition. This world's always been a mess, always been headed for judgment, and it's not going to change. That's the way it's headed. Uh, my job is to rescue the perishing and, and care for the dying and get them out of fellowship with the world and fellowship with the one that created the world and the one uh, that's in control. Titus chapter 2, verse number 11, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly. That means, that means the control of our minds uh, soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope. You spend time in the world, you don't look for the return of Christ. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, now watch this, watch this, that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and purify it, notice these words, unto himself. 
He didn't save me to leave me where I was. I'm glad when I could not come to where he was, he came to me. I'm glad he did. I'm glad he saved me in my sin. I'm glad he saved me there. But he didn't want to leave me there. He called me out of the world. Uh, the word church comes from the world, the ecclesia, which means called out from the world unto Christ. The Bible says, and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. You see, separation from the world. Too many folks fuss about separation and things to separate from. Folks, I wouldn't care if, 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 if the Bible said they, they was wrong in wearing brown socks, I'd throw my brown socks away. It, it doesn't matter. It's not those things. It's him that we want to fellowship with. By the way, many Christians don't spend their time in sin. We often, as Paul said, become carnally minded and spend our things in the world, our time in the things of the world. I want to say tonight, make a decision. I'm going to spend more time in fellowship with God. And to do so, we separate from the activities of the world. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world and the world passeth away and the lust thereof but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever I'm thankful for the fellowship of separation then let me give you the last one Paul talks about the fellowship of suffering if you take your Bibles go to Philippians chapter 3 Philippians chapter 3 now, some, now suffering is not something that we choose it's not something that we desire. Paul did not desire to suffer for the cause of Christ. He didn't say, I hope I get put in jail today. Paul, Paul didn't say that. Paul's goal was to spend time with the Lord. Paul's goal was to give the gospel of Christ and preach the gospel. And in places where the gospel had not been heard. And as a result, Paul suffered much because of that. When Paul went into town, he didn't ask where the best western was and he, uh, he didn't spend time there. He usually spent time in jail. He wanted to know what kind of jailer they had. Uh, Paul suffered for Christ. Now, I'm not seeking that, but here's the statement I want you to get. I ought to be willing to suffer for the cause of Christ. Somebody's saying something about you. Surely you can't give up on God because somebody said something about you. You, you, you can't get mad at God and quit church because somebody at church said something about you. In fact, you ought, you ought to be so busy for God, somebody ought to be talking about you. Your family ought to know that you're on fire for God. Your family ought to know that you love the Lord. Right. Philippians chapter 3, look at verse number 7. Philippians 3, verse number 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Notice this right here. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection 
and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. You know what Paul was saying? Christ suffered for me. And when I suffer for Christ, I enter into a fellowship, a relationship, a camaraderie, things that we have in common. There is a fellowship of suffering. You ever been with veterans of war that were in battle together? You ever been around a group of older police officers that have served together? There's not a brotherhood, there's not a, there's not a fellowship, there's not a family quite like those that have been in war together. To hear them talk about days in Vietnam, many of our Korean War veterans are now in heaven and most all of our World War II veterans are in heaven. But to hear those men that were in battle, to hear them talk, I have a preacher friend who is a Marine in uh, Vietnam. He, uh, he was actually picked up by a helicopter. They thought he was dead. They th he, he had been hit. He was wounded. And they picked him up with the dead. That helicopter, helicopter actually took off with him and the group. And the helicopter pilot radioed and said, one of these men, not dead, they're alive, they're moving. And they took that helicopter, and, and, and the man, man lived. Don Chitty is his name. Good man. He's uh, preached and served in New Mexico for many years and uh, works among uh, the Navajo Reservation uh, out there in New Mexico. To hear soldiers talk. There's a, they may not have seen one another in 10, 15, 20 years, but when they come together, there's a closeness, there's a fellowship. I'd be ashamed to see the Lord and say, well, Lord, I used to give out gospel tracts, but I quit because somebody laughed at me one time. We can't quit because somebody laughed at us. Because you gave somebody a tract and they threw it down in anger. Think of what God did for us. I'm not looking for suffering. I'm not looking for that. But I don't want to run from suffering when it comes because I enter into a fellowship I enter into a fellowship that only suffering brings. I was preaching with an older preacher a few years ago, and they asked him to give testimony of how he planted a church, and he planted a successful, great church, served there many years. And as he told about starting the church, he, he said something like this, we were young and dumb, we didn't know what to do, so we just trusted God for everything, and and uh, he said, we didn't have money, so everything we did was by faith and just little by little. And God provided. We made it six months, and then we made it a year. And we put money together and bought a bus, and uh, God began to bless. And it was a wonderful testimony until he said this, but I don't recommend it. He and I were having lunch, and I, I, I loved him and respected him so much. And I said, why, why, why would you say, I'm just curious, why would you say to young men, don't ever do that. He said, well, it, just, it was just so difficult. It was just so hard. I said, yes, but wasn't God sweet and precious in those times? I, I'm, I'm glad to know the joy of somebody giving a $10 bill and it be an answer to prayer. That's not really suffering. 
but it is sacrifice. I, I say to young men, there's nothing wrong with sacrificing for God in ministry. There's nothing wrong with watching God supply you need. If we're not careful, we get to the place we won't do anything for God because we're waiting for God to send the money and God's waiting for us to go to work. God takes care of his own. There is a fellowship of sacrifice. There is a fellowship of suffering. The purpose of my message tonight is to say, would you look back over the last week or two or three? How much time have you spent with the Lord? Maybe we could spend a little more time in fellowship with him this week. Stand with me if you will. There's nothing quite like fellowship with the master. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here tonight and you don't know Christ,